The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morning, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. I really have to begin by giving a special shout-out to the entire team here at 77 WABC for the incredible job they did yesterday with the day-long tribute to Bernard McGurk. I had an idea of what was going to be included in that, but I have to say, even though people told me what was going to be included, both in terms of clips, in terms of guests, and things of that nature, it really blew me away. I think that if you're a fan of Bernie's, a friend of Bernie's, somebody that worked with Bernie for a time, you had to be impressed with it, and I think they did a masterful job. Something like that is very difficult to put up, to pull off, And it's uh, very difficult to pull off in just a few days. And I think it was done masterfully. So kudos to uh, production director Chris Libertini from a production standpoint and his whole team. Kudos to Sid Rosenberg for being willing to work a couple of extra hours and uh, share some very personal remembrances that put a lot of those clips into context. Kudos to uh, Charles McCord who I think they've been trying to get on the station for a while to do different interviews for radio documentaries, and he was uh, he was great. He has not been uh, doing anything in the public eye, as far as I'm aware, and he came on, and uh, he was terrific, as was everybody else from IMAS. So uh, I think from start to finish, it was a five-star effort. So I give... Uh, and Jennifer Grodd, I know she is the guest booker. She probably had a lot to do with getting and tracking down a lot of these folks. But it really all starts with the top. I've been at a lot of radio stations where people have died and the management, the ownership doesn't really do anything. They will offer a moment of silence or something simple like that or let the host do whatever they want to do on their own. But uh, John Katsimatidis and Chad Lopez, Margot Katsimatidis, they made the decision from the get-go to make honoring Bernie, honoring Bernie a big deal and they did a masterful job. If you were a fan of Bernie's or were uh, were a friend of his and you didn't get to hear any of it, I believe the entirety of the tribute is posted on WABCRadio.com. That's WABCRadio.com. So I would encourage you to check it out if you haven't already. I thought it was masterfully done. And so far, the reviews that I've heard, both from people that have emailed me, uh, folks that have reached out on social media, and even... Uh, on the New York Radio Message Board, where it's a collection of people that hate everything, uh, everything that I've seen shows that most of the people that heard it agreed with me. So way to go uh, to the entire WABC team for doing a job well done on the Bernard McGurk tribute. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morning, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. I have talked quite a bit about the New York governor's race and how I'm largely going to vote for Lee Zeldin for a few reasons, primarily because I'm not crazy about Kathy Hochul and there are only two candidates on the ballot, but also because I think Lee Zeldin is probably our best shot at stopping congestion pricing, which would be a disaster for not only me personally, but for the state at large. But I I read this column in the New York Daily News yesterday uh, by someone named Robert Cherry, who's a retired 
retired professor at, uh, I believe, Brooklyn College and the author of the forthcoming book, The State of the Black Family. And he is a moderate Democrat, and he says he's never voted Republican, and he makes a great case for voting for Lee Zeldin. And he talks about an issue that I have probably been negligent in not spending more time on, and it is Lee Zeldin's 10-point reform agenda, which includes establishing term limits on statewide offices. And he does a great job making a non-ideological case for voting for Lee Zeldin. And if you haven't seen this yet, I would definitely encourage you to read it. I've linked to it on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash moranofan. You can give it a read. I thought this was masterfully done. I hit. I think he hit all the key points from a crime perspective, from an economic perspective, and from a reform Albany perspective. And he acknowledges, I'll no doubt be vilified by liberals for my position in the current zero-sum political world. Any deviation from the Democratic Party line gives a victory to Trumpers. And I think this is very courageous for him to put this out there, especially in a paper that has mostly a center-left readership in the New York Daily News. Uh, I do recommend this, though. I uh, Much of the advocacy that I've heard from Lee Zeldin is from the right. Uh, publications like the New York Post, uh, commentators on networks like Fox News and Newsmax. This does a great job making the case for Lee Zeldin. And those of you who have friends, neighbors, family members that might be on the fence. Uh, They're not crazy about Kathy Hochul, but they don't know a lot about her. And they've seen all the commercials slamming Lee Zeldin. I would share this column with them because I think it does a great job explaining why Lee Zeldin is a good choice to be elected governor. I think it does a much better job than I've done explaining why folks should consider voting for Lee Zeldin. So check it out. It's in the New York Daily News. I've linked to it on Facebook, facebook.com. Slash Morano fan. Beam me up. To be continued. The other side of midnight. Local spotlight. We are just a few weeks away from the midterm elections, and there are some big elections here in New York. And while some candidates for statewide office will do whatever they can to duck a debate with their opponent, the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has agreed to debate his Republican opponent, 39-year-old Joe Pinion, or those of us uh, who are friends with him sometimes refer to him, Joe Pinion, just a week before the November midterm election. Now, it would have been nice to have him debate a little earlier so that those of us that like to vote early could use this debate to help us make our decision about who we are going to vote for. So, although Schumer has never formally acknowledged his opponent in the press, the powerhouse Democrat has agreed to face off against Pinon in a televised debate on Spectrum News, moderated by Inside City Hall host Era Lewis and Capitol Tonight host Susan Arbiter. Now, I'm looking forward to seeing the debate, but I have to say, and I'm going to raise this with Errol Lewis, both on social media and if I see him in the next couple of weeks, I wish they would include the third candidate in this debate. There is an independent candidate running by the name of Diane Sayre. And she is the only candidate in the race articulating a different view on the Ukraine situation and not wanting to continue this endless supply of money from the American taxpayer to the Ukrainian military and to the Zelensky government to continue to fight Russia. 
Now, I realize that Diane Sayre is part of that uh, Lyndon LaRouche cult. You know what? She's on the ballot. She did what no other third-party candidate was able to do this year. She was able to go out and collect 45,000 valid signatures, a minimum. A lot of other candidates tried to do that, including Lee Zeldin. They couldn't do it. And she was the only one that did it. And I think that entitles her to a place in the debate. So I'm going to be, Joe Pignon's a friend of mine. I've known him for many years. Errol Lewis, I consider, if not a friend, certainly somebody that I'm friendly with. I am calling upon everybody in this debate, Chuck Schumer, Joe Pignon, Errol Lewis, Susan Arbiter, to make this be an inclusive debate. Include Diane Sayre in this debate. And I'll tell you what. The fact that she's not included as of now has prompted me to do something that I wasn't planning on doing. I am going to invite her on this program next week to talk about her candidacy so at least you have an idea of where all the candidates stand on the key issues facing New Yorkers and Americans. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. One more hour to go. Don't even think of touching that radio dial. By the way, for those of you listening live on the radio, please subscribe to this podcast for the local commentaries. The only way you get to hear these in their entirety is if you subscribe to Frank Morano Interviews and More. iTunes, Spotify, wherever else. Search Frank Morano Interviews and More. Hit the subscribe button and you'll get these downloaded to your phone or your iPod. Anybody still have an iPod? Each and every day. We're working on getting descriptions for these podcasts in the mix. I've asked Kenneth, our resident model slash telephone talent coordinator slash podcast uploader, if he will consider implementing a description protocol. But you know how it is with the radio deep state. The best laid wishes of Moranos and men don't always come to fruition. Now, on to more serious matters. Do you want to sum up the most important statistic in football this year? New Jersey high school football season so far one death and two spinal cord injuries. NJ Advance Media headline, Keyport football player suffers serious neck and spinal injury in game. Uh, he is thankfully expected to recover. Keyport football player Logan Blanks suffered a severe neck and spinal cord injury during a game on Saturday. Blanks was taken by ambulance to Jersey Shore Medical Center where he had two extensive multi-hour long surgeries over the weekend to address the injury. According to the statement, Blanks has feeling, movement, and sensation in his limbs, thank God. And despite an expected long recovery, the senior linebacker, and I want to be clear, we're talking about a senior in high school, is in good spirits. This is not the first devastating injury this football season in New Jersey. It comes only two weeks after another shore area football player, Aaron Von Treese of St. John Vianney, suffered a serious spinal cord injury during a game against Matt on September 23rd. Two days earlier, Xavier McLean, this is a story we've talked about before, a 16-year-old sophomore at Linden High School died nearly two weeks after he suffered a serious injury during a September 9th game against Woodbridge High. Linden officials have released no details about McLean's injury. So it's relatively early in the football season, and we have had one high school New Jersey student die, and two others suffer spinal cord injuries. And this leads me to think, and you know, if you heard the program yesterday, I'm all for children doing dangerous things. Do we need to do something about tackle football for youth? 
I'm starting to think that the answer is yes. Beam me up! To be continued. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.